Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse, on your way to work, at the gym, wherever and whenever you have time to get updated. Please remember that this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. Stay tuned for additional disclosures at the end of today's episode. So, are you ready? Here we go. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Happy Christmas for what will be a few days ago. We're actually recording this before Christmas, so hopefully the world is still spinning. And and if it is, happy Christmas for those that celebrate. Josh, how are you? I'm good, Sam. I'm good. Yeah, looking forward to that Christmas break now. It's nearly here, isn't it? It kind of gets to that time of year. It's edging closer. Everyone starts to switch off, but not us. Not us. We're still here. We're still providing. Still Although you're yeah, you're doing absolutely. a bit of skiing soon, aren't you? Which would be nice. I am. Yeah, yeah. Off to off to Canada to be specific. Oh. So if you have any if you have any nice recommendations for the old Whistler, uh, let me know. But it was funny. I was looking at um, was looking at Twitter uh, a few days ago, and there was a I just put in Whistler um, just out of interest to sort of see what came up. And one of the videos was of a black bear uh, walking through the main town of Whistler. So yeah, uh, not Is that really. A sign what I want for twenty twenty four. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, if I see one, I'll take a picture, and yeah. I don't want to get close enough to no. to be able to take it. But, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe a sign, but also a little bit worrying for me on yeah. my ski travels as well. I don't have to deal with that in France or particularly in Australia when you go skiing. So no, well, look, while you're going up and down the slopes looking for bears, we're gonna talk about what markets might go up and down please do remember like share subscribe all of that we've got eight particular markets or assets uh, and also let us know in the chat almost one by one as we go through what do you think uh and we'll uh we'll get back to you as well so a little extra special predictions for 2024 a simple higher lower or you know flat as well first one we we've got uh is us equity market so you can answer josh and then i'll give my two pence as well what is your answer higher and reasons if you have any uh look i don't think we're going to see the same returns that we did this year um i think i said on one of our monthly outlooks that if the nasdaq gained the same amount it did in the second half of the year as it did in the first i would use a hat and uh we're not too far from actually doing that um so i'm not far off from eating a hat and i'll probably say the same again here if we if we get a 60 percent move from the nasdaq next year i definitely will eat my hat but look uh, not not the same sort of move but i think we'll be higher um you know we, we've spoken a lot about sort of that rotation in 2024 to sort of depressed unloved sectors um that we saw in 2023 especially as we get closer to rate cuts and i think that's really key right it's going to be those sort of rate cuts that, that sort of drive equity performance um tech is unlikely to sort of lead in that performance um but the fed looks like it's on its way to deliver what is a soft landing dare i speak to too early um but the mac the macro backdrop sets up for i think another good year for equity markets rate cuts on the horizon obviously we were talking about as early as march maybe a little bit early in, in sort of some view um but even if that is early we're likely to then see one in april or may um but then we also have this this beautiful earnings recovery underway. Um, decent earnings growth coming through. Obviously, the, the Magnificent Seven obviously leading the way. But we're already seeing earnings growth coming through. I think we were 4 or 5% in uh, Q3. Again, nothing to write home about particularly, but that should improve um, in 
sort of Q4, so in early January. And I think that's going to be key to sort of market performance uh, as we sort of head through uh, 2024. So yeah, higher for me. Um, and I think that's just on the, a better macro environment, rate cuts on the horizon and returning earnings growth. Yeah, I've gone higher as well, which I don't think will shock too many people. And actually, if anyone is bearish for next year, let us know why. Uh, let us know why you're confident, what scenario you think needs to happen for that to happen. I've In my notes, I've gone higher, got no recession, you've obviously got rates coming down. Uh, and I've, I've actually said black swan needed for markets to move lower. I, I really would be surprised if we're, and we'll have a check-in maybe halfway through the year to, to look back at these, but... I'd be surprised if if we finish next year lower with unless there's something from left field. I, I feel pretty confident about things. Famous last words. Uh, next up, then WTI crude oil thoughts on on this one, Josh. Higher, lower, flat. Yeah, I think this is a tricky one. I'm not sure where to really to park myself here. I'm. I don't want to sit on the fence. Uh, I kind of want to say flat. But maybe I'll say slightly higher because okay. I think when I when we were sort of looking at this, I looked and we were around about. 75 bucks so i think we'll be sort of around that price maybe slightly higher um look i think we're going to get volatility coming through you know opec is going to continue to want to manage supply and importantly they're going to want to manage prices they've got obviously plenty of incentives to sort of prevent that oversupply and i think that's going to remain in place they're going to continue to sort of cut uh supply if if sort of needed cut that output um and i think easing financial conditions should sort of put a bit of a flaw uh on uh sort of oil there as well uh china i think is going to be a really key area here um i think that's going to be really important for for sort of oil next year it's been important for oil this year in that sort of reopening but if we see stimulus measures really coming through um sort of starting to bear fruit we've obviously got those measures already coming through already but if they do start to bear fruit i think that should help drive consumption it should support prices we're talking about the world's sort of second largest economy um a massive consumer obviously of oil uh and all things commodities uh in that sense and i think china is going to be a key market for broadly commodities next year so i'm going to say slightly higher um, but i think we're going to probably end up where we were i think we're going to end up around about between about 70 and 80 bucks next year yeah i mean and let's, let's get it right oil is a volatile market I and mean, we could be sitting mm. here in six months it could be up 20 bucks and it then finishes the year down i mean it really could do that I, i've gone higher but not by much i think it's going to be an up and down year i think it's going to be volatile uh, i think there's going to be decent price swings uh however if we do get anywhere near the low 60s uh, i think you're gonna have a lot of people stepping in i was look, looking at this on monday but even going back to 2011 and I'll, I'll reel off some of the years where it was a point of either support or resistance it's a really really key level in the market so yeah 2011 as i said then it broke down in 2014 uh sort of october november time i was actually trading uh oil at that time and it was uh, a baptism of fire 2015 a lot of interaction there as was 18 19 20 and then 2021 quite a few times as well so if it gets anywhere near that i think you're going to have a good opportunity for people looking to to buy the dip however the only thing i would say is you know mentioning that sort of black swan event and i'm not necessarily saying this could be it uh but if we do get you know real big push higher in oil uh it's gonna be inflationary uh so markets would maybe have to consider that so i'll just leave you with that so i've gone higher but not by much but I reckon a volatile year. Number three of eight, Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a bull again higher. Um, absolutely. I'd be 
very surprised to see it anything lower than than uh, than where we are now. But given that we we, we have had a great run, we're, we're sat around about forty thousand dollars when we're sort of recording this. So there is a little bit of pressure if if the year doesn't go to plan ultimately. Um, and I think a lot of that hangs on what we spoke about in our last episode, which is the sort of US spot ETF. If that doesn't come through in in January. I think we're going to get a lot of weakness, I think, because a lot of this has been built on that. Um, it, if we don't get one at all next year, then I might revise this answer to, to sort of be lower. But um, I think higher more broadly, because I do think we're going to get an ETF, maybe not in January. If it doesn't come through in January, I think we get one at some point during the year. I think the SEC are coming to the fact that you've got all these big boys knocking on the door. This is an asset class that they obviously want an ETF for. Um, it's an asset class that's, look, it's hard to regulate, um, but also you have millions and millions and millions of people buying this asset class. Uh, and at some point, the SEC are, are going to need to sort of do something in terms of you know, regulations, protections, et cetera. Um, and I think the ETF is, is probably the, the easiest route to, to sort of do that. Um, so I think that's what happens there. Um, but also we, we've got what is an improving macro environment. We've mentioned it a couple of times there. We've, we spoke about sort of rate cuts. We've, we obviously have that dovish pivot, uh, dovish pivot from the Fed. Um, we obviously have those rate cuts uh, on the horizon, you know, Fed say three, markets think six. Um, so that's obviously something to, to sort of keep an eye on because obviously rate cuts are obviously a net good for for sort of risk assets. Uh, and then we've also got a Bitcoin halving as well in for now in about April time. Um, that's always been sort of key for market performance um, ever since its inception. So I think that's going to be really, really important as well. And there's a few other catalysts as well, changing to sort of accounting regulations, making it easier to own crypto, um, we are probably going to see more pro um, governments for for sort of Bitcoin. We had the the Argentinian president. I mean, if you anywhere near Twitter, you'd have absolutely absolutely seen the Argentinian president, um, who seems a little bit wacky uh, by by all accounts, uh, but apparently pro Bitcoin as well. So mm -hmm. uh, I think we're going to see more and more of that coming through over the next sort of couple of years. So yeah, bottom line for me: higher improving macro Bitcoin ETFs and the Bitcoin halving. Yeah, well, I'm going to be boring to say higher as well. Uh, although I would obviously mention, you know, sort of buy the rumour, sell the facts on ETF and potentially the halving. Uh, I reckon just looking at the chart, we sort of go mid-50s, find a bit of resistance up there. That is then when people sort of look to book some profit that are more medium-term focus here than longer term. I think we then move a little bit lower before pushing in uh, again during the sort of the mid part to, to latter part of the year. I think risk markets have already been doing pretty well in the back end of this year. Uh, obviously, Bitcoin itself has had a, a remarkable year so far. And I, I think at some point you're going to have to have a little bit of a pullback for it to then push on. Um, so just be wary, I guess, of those pullbacks, especially if you're a long term investor. You know, if you still feel bullish, you know, you shouldn't be put off by it. It's an asset where this can happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, ultimately, I agree with higher uh, for uh, our fourth uh, choice is coming from gold. What is your thought on on this one? Uh, I went back and forth with this one, Same. a little bit. Um, probably going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say slightly higher again. <laughs> Initially, I, I was going to say I was going to say lower. At this point, I'm just calling for an everything rally. Um, <laughs> I was going to say slightly lower um, because often when we've seen soft landings 
in his in sort of history when I sort of had a little bit bit of a look back. It's not been good news for gold. Um, hasn't sort of you know put on an environment which is good for gold. Um, but we're coming off of what was a great 2023 for gold. Mm -hmm. It out outperformed most commodities and sort of record levels uh, in that time as well. But what really supported it was record levels of buying from central banks. And the reason I'm going to say it's higher is because that continues into 2024. Um, I think heightened geopolitical tensions are kind of becoming the new norm. We're just sort of dealing with it. Markets have dealt with it over the last couple of years. We've sort of seen that play out. Um, you know, we, we've had it in markets now over the last couple of years. Uh, so I think there's a reason to own gold right there. You know, that uncertainty in markets. Uncertainty is, is always going to be there in markets. But I think, again, where we are right now is just the new normal in terms of this, you know, little bit of uncertainty in markets. And I think that becomes a reason to, to sort of have an exposure to gold in the portfolio. And we're coming into what is going to be a key election year for, for many major economies as well. And if that doesn't provide uncertainty, what does? Uh, and I think central banks continue to buy, uh, to buy gold um, at record levels uh, in, in 2024. And I think that is going to support you know prices ultimately when you're buying billions and billions of dollars of the asset. So I'm going to go higher for those reasons, but it could have very much been lower uh, at the same time. I may even say that it, it, it starts has a great start to 2024 then dips off a little bit but ultimately does finish higher than where we finished 2023 well with this is the first one we're slightly disagreeing with but the the reasons why it goes higher i agree are going to happen and and will boost the price i think we yeah we do start well and then we drift lower and i've I've gone down but not by much at all so if anything flat i, th I just think you know for the upside i think you said there and obviously the lower yields and weaker dollars going to help that narrative for the push to the upside uh, but I think the risk move might just outweigh that and, and that maybe moves us lower. Uh, so the first one, we slightly disagree on there. Um, let's revisit that in six months, but uh, very close either way. I mean, it, between us, it's probably going to be flat, isn't it? Uh, next, then we've gone for the Magnificent Seven um, as as a whole, higher, lower, flat. Uh, yeah, higher. Um, really hard to see anything but higher next year. Um, I think across the Magnificent Seven, we're not obviously, again, not going to get the same sort of returns, the, the minimum return. Uh, the, the poor performer of the Magnificent Seven was was Apple this year, just a, <laughs> just a small 50%. Um, you know, some huge numbers. Again, you're not going to get that next year, but it has single-handedly driven S&P 500 returns this year, helped by obviously that earnings growth, helped by, you know, AI, um, which obviously we've, had front and center in in uh, earnings season in and obviously Q3 you know Nvidia 600% earnings growth so some massive numbers and I think they're going to continue to bake big cash from that and and that's really important because the magnificent 7 are magnificent for for that reason uh, you know they're, they're at the front of pretty much everything whether that is AI uh, whether it's you know the metaverse in in some cases but they're always going to be there and they're, they're going to sort of have the capital to, to sort of move and, and they're nimble. They can do whatever they like. They can, you know, adjust the market conditions. And I think that's the sort of the real key here. But importantly, investors like owning these stocks and they will continue to like owning those stocks uh, in 2024. Um Again, I think AI is going to be a big part of that. It's it's obviously the sort of a huge revolutionary technology that I think is 
um, seeing use cases explode. We're seeing consumer and corporate adoption continuing to grow. And I think that just means that AI driven spending is, is going to sort of ramp up. Um, but again, their size, their cash balances, they have just solid fundamentals. Uh, and I just think people will continue to own them. I think they'll lead earnings growth again uh, next year. And that is the reason they'll be higher. Yeah, I've gone higher, but nowhere near as good as last year. I mean, if they are, wow, people are going to be very happy, aren't they? Uh, number six, we've got unos dos tres more to go. US 10-year yield. Uh, lower. Um, again, hard to see anything but lower, I think. But yeah. obviously had that dovish pivot from the Fed, um, which, again, I, I think just, just calls for a lower 10-year yield. Uh, yields have obviously come off their sort of that five percent peak, uh, fallen to sort of under four percent, and and that sort of came uh, during the um, the, the post meeting uh, presser from Powell. Um, obviously, he discussed their their outlook for rates over that time, um, and that's ultimately going to be lower in twenty twenty four. So, therefore, in my view, it's hard to see anything uh, but lower for the ten year. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking at the the T note uh, chart, which of course is been on a, a hell of a run really since that low um in october obviously yields and um uh, the price uh, inversely correlated seven percent off those lows and we're trading back to where we were with the t-note back in july this year really important area actually where we're trading right now um but yeah i, I i've uh, i've gone for the yield to be to be lower and uh, and t-notes to therefore be higher uh, an interesting one here then a market that's been battered uh in in recent years i guess recent years uh hang Seng. uh yeah i'll be the contrarian and say higher um really underperformed in 2023 really underperformed down more than sort of 15 percent compared to sort of the broader returns that we've seen from other assets you know we mentioned bitcoin we've spoken about the nasdaq the S P really really underperformed um and if we're looking at unloved and cheap uh well the hang Seng might just be on that list um and a little less bad news, I think, go a really long way here. Um, and I think that's why I'm going to call for this uh, index to be higher. That that less bad news starts with an economy that seems to be showing signs of stabilizing. Um, we've got support being sort of rolled out. You know, we've mentioned it. That should start to bear fruit in 2024. But importantly, and the reason I'm saying higher it's because we're going to see corporate profits rise um, and rise for for the first time in a long time. Uh, but because of that stimulus, because, you know, we have, um, uh, you know, basically a, an economy that is set up to, to sort of try and help businesses ultimately that, that are suffering. Um, and I think that should obviously be a net good for, for sort of boosting earnings uh, and expected to move to sort of double digits. Um, and, you know, that is how you make money in markets is is obviously through earnings. And ultimately, I think that's what we're going to see from the Hang Seng next year. Uh, therefore, I think it's going to be higher. Yeah, I've, I've, I've gone higher mix of all of that. And the fact that it's just so beaten down and, and unloved at the moment, it doesn't take uh, too much good news for it to, to push on or less bad news. I mean, remarkably, we're trading uh, richly where we are right now. We also traded here on the 13th of October, 2008. Wow. I mean, that is is crazy. Um, not saying this is definitely going to happen, but in October 2008, 
Uh, we then went up to the all-time high, which is 140% from here. Uh, but since that high that we saw back in, in 2018, and we obviously had another uh, move to a peak, albeit not an all-time high, back in 2021, March, uh, it's obviously come down quite a bit. And actually, that, that sort of post-COVID high in March to where we're trading now, it's down 47%, which is crazy. Uh, our last one here, uh, and I guess really based on the other markets we've chosen, the answer will probably be pretty obvious to everyone listening. Uh, but what have you gone for the US dollar? Uh, the US dollar, as you say, no surprise to anyone, uh, lower. Um, I guess that kind of fits in with my broader view. If I said higher here, it probably wouldn't match everything else I'd said. But again, it comes from the view of inflation easing, looser monetary policy, you know, ultimately rate cuts are going to put the dollar under pressure um, on the opposite side of what we've obviously seen this year when rates have obviously been higher. King dollar has obviously continued to, to sort of do its thing. Look, I don't think we're going to see any sell-offs to sort of write home about. I don't think we're going to see any real fireworks from the dollar. I think the, the weakness probably comes late in sort of Q2 when we do start to see rate cuts, you know, front and center. Obviously, we've spoken about March, April, May, I think it probably doesn't come until maybe April or May, um, but let's see. Um, but maybe on the contrarian view is that King dollar does continue to do its thing and that maybe it does surprise. Maybe it, it, it stays strong if the US economy gets stronger next year and um, it, it may be sort of a, a support there for the dollar in that sort of contrarian view, but I think hard to see. Um, uh, I think maybe that's a, 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 a sort of a, a long a long-sighted view of the dollar but I, I think i think lower because of all the other reasons that we've mentioned uh so yeah far. yeah I, I think we had to say lower if we said higher people would be like what based on what you just yeah. said uh but let us know in, in in the chat if you're on youtube your thoughts do you agree do you disagree uh or uh or anything else let us know but uh josh that wraps it up for today but also wraps it up for 2023 i hope everyone listening uh, is enjoying a good festive period uh, it's going to have good fun on New Year's Eve if you're going out um, or or whatever your plans are. And of course, we will see you in the new year. See you everyone in the new year again. Thanks for thanks for sticking with us in 2023 through all the the football chat. Where there is some analysis after the football chat. You just have to get past some of that yeah. poor chat first. Uh, <laughs> but thanks everyone for for listening and see you in 2024. See you in 2024, guys. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular recipient's investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results.